Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. ready for chapter what chapter are we on 10 that's right the name of this book is secret chapter 10 you know what's crazy Mm. we're already like one third of the way done crazy huh Mm. oh yawn started chapter 10 an awful accusation Cass held her breath unable to move had someone been shot Cass what's wrong you're white as a sheet Grandpa Larry entered, followed by Grandpa Wayne, and their arms full of new purchases. What she'd heard wasn't a gunfire. It was only the front door. I I thought something happened. Didn't you see her note? Grandpa Larry asked. There was a garage sale down the street. We couldn't resist. What's with Sebastian? Grandpa Wayne said. He looks worse than you. He's, I don't know, admitted Cass. He's been acting weird all day. Only then did Cass notice where Sebastian was standing, right next to the shelf where they stored the symphony of smells. Cass blinked in surprise. It was gone. Grandpa Larry followed her eyes. What happened to the symphony of smells? Did you take it down? No, I mean, yes, but I put it back. Well, where is it? I thought we agreed only to look at it together, said Grandpa Larry, giving her a slyly reproachable glance. Um, it should be there. It was perfectly true, but somehow it sounded like Cass was lying, even to herself. It wouldn't be without with your things by any chance, like in your book bag, asked Grandpa Wayne. She shook her head, blushing furiously. You know your ears are telling you it's a different story, said Grandpa Larry. She couldn't believe it. Her grandfathers were accusing her of stealing. Usually, they were the only ones who trusted her. And the worst thing was, she couldn't even open the bag to prove the symphony of smells wasn't even inside. Otherwise, they'd see the magician's notebook. No, the very worst, no, the very worst, worst thing was that they were right. She had stolen the symphony of smells, but she admitted that she had, and then she'd put it back, which made it borrowing, not stealing. So why did she feel so ashamed? It was all so unfair. Just try and think where you might have put it, said Grandpa Larry. I know you thought it was a game, but it's very rare and valuable. She knows that, said Grandpa Wayne. I'm sure she'll find it and she'll put it right back where it was. Nobody mentioned the symphony of smells to her that day again. But Cass could tell her grandfathers were thinking about it. At one point, she heard them talking in low voices, speculating that she had broken some of the vials and maybe she felt too guilty to say anything. If only. As far as Cass was concerned, there could only be one explanation for the symphony of smells disappearing. Dr. L and Mrs. Mobius had been there. Their scent must have been what upset Sebastian. For a brief, mad moment, Cass considered telling her grandfather everything that happened at the magician's house and how she was sure that the symphony of smells had been stolen by Dr. L and Mrs. Mobius. But she knew it would sound but she knew it would sound like she was making up a story just to exonerate herself. Once she solved the mystery of what happened to the magician, maybe she could confide in them, and maybe they would trust her again. 
Cass hardly admitted to herself that she was beginning to wish that her mother hadn't left town. Before she left, her mother had given Cass her first cell phone, something Cass had wanted for years, so we wouldn't really be apart, her mother said. Just like she promised, her mother called every night at 9 p.m. sharp to say goodnight, even though they both knew Cass never went to sleep before midnight. But Cass felt so much pressure to act like everything was fine that their conversation only made her feel alone. It was a new sensation missing her mom, and she didn't like it. That night, she told her mother that she was too sleepy to talk. So Larry and Wayne, are you... So Larry and Wayne are really running you ragged, huh? Asked her mother. Cass forced a laugh. Yeah, totally ragged. Then... She said a rather abrupt goodbye and turned off her cell phone. Grandpa Larry came into the room. She figured he was going to ask her about the symphony of smells again, but what he said was, hurry, they're hot. He placed a plate of chocolate chip cookies and a glass of milk by her bed. You better eat them really quickly if you want to burn your tongue and get chocolate all over your fingers. (laughs) Isn't that funny? (laughs) That's cute. Cass laughed and bit into a cookie. It's warm and soft and all the chocolate was still melted, which was, as Grandpa Larry well knew, just how Cass liked her cookies. As she swallowed the last bite, she held up her chocolate-covered hand to show him. Hmm, I don't know. Your other hand still looks pretty clean, he said sternly. Cass felt a little silly, but obediently, she grabbed a cookie with her other hand and ate even more quicker than the other one. Good. Now now you make sure you smell chocolate all over the glass. I want evidence. Cass... (laughs) While Cass drank the glass of milk, soothing her burnt tongue, Grandpa Larry moved her backpack aside and sat down on the edge of her bed, then proceeded to tell a story. A year earlier, if someone had baked Cass cookies and tried to tell her a bedtime story, she she might have been insulted and felt that she was being treated like a little child. Now, she was just too old enough to enjoy to again enjoy the cozy comforts of a bedtime story. Trust me, the older you get, the more appealing the idea of a bedtime story becomes, and the rarer the chance to hear one. I won't repeat Grandpa Larry's entire story here, but because it's what some people call off-topic, I will try and give you a sense of its general outlines. The story was about a time that Larry got separated from his platoon during his stint in the army. The story involved was a reed that Larry had pulled out of the ground where it was growing next to the pond. In a single day, Larry used the reed as an underwater breathing device, a fishing pole, and a wind instrument, and a weapon with a straw. And when the reed snapped in two, he was convinced that his luck had run out. With the use of his magic reed, he told himself he would perish. As it turned out, however, the sound of the reed breaking had alerted one of his comrades, I can't remember what that word is, comrades, to his presence, and he was reunited with his platoon moments later. You see, breaking the reed wasn't the end of the world, it was just the end of the reed and the end of the story, not to mention the end of these cookies, finished Grandpa Larry taking the last cookie for himself, before Cass could respond, Grandpa Wayne had been listening from the doorway and stepped in the room. I don't understand, he said. There were plenty more uses for that reed, even after you broke it. He could have made splints, toothpicks, chopsticks, a flute, or at least a piccolo. I'm surprised at you, Larry. What happened to your imagination? 
That's not the point, Wayne, and you know it, said Larry in one of his crossest tones Cass had ever heard him. Cass, listen. It doesn't matter about the symphony of smells. Whatever happened to it, it's just a thing. I know you were... I know... You know we like things, and the symphony of smells was a nice thing. But, well, if it's gone, it's gone. Right, we can always make a new one, said Grandpa Wayne, at least catching the message of Larry's story. In fact, I have an old set of test tubes I found, and I've been working on... I've been wondering what to do with them. We could start collecting scents and put them in the tubes. What we're trying to say is that human beings are more important than things, said Larry, interrupting Wayne. At least Cass is more important, said Wayne. Cass, you, your appearance in our lives has been the greatest gift that we could ever ask for, Larry continued, as if Wayne hadn't spoken. No matter how many boxes De- Gloria delivers to us to our doorstep, nothing inside could match you. We love you so, so much. As he said this, he put his arms around Cass, and Cass snuggled him gratefully. I love you too, she said. But she never said a word about what happened about the symphony of smells, or anything else. Moments later, after her grandfather's had bid her goodnight, Cass picked up her backpack and placed it again by her pillow, just in case. Aw, her grandpas are really nice. Aw. All right. Night-night.